And remember, if you, if you uh, if the Lord's burden you do special music, uh, please see Brother Johnny, uh, especially for the revival service. We have three services, Sunday morning at 11 a.m., uh, and then Monday evening at 7, and then Tuesday evening at 7. And, of course, we're going to have our normal Wednesday evening service at 7. That will be our regular service, prayer service. Uh, but try to make it uh, all revival services. Um, you'll receive uh, a reward if you do in heaven. Amen. And you'll definitely receive a reward spiritually when you come. Get revived, refreshed. It's all worth it. Amen. You feel, uh, I'll tell you what, about one thing about conferences, I know some of you are, are going to the summit right now. I'll be there tomorrow night uh, in that conference. When, when you go, sometimes you got to get out of your comfort zone to go to a revival. But when you do go, you don't want it to end. And it's hard sometimes to get back to normal life, if you will. And that's how you know the Lord worked. Uh, when you don't want to go back to work, you don't, wanna, you don't want the day to end, you know, you want to stay. What you've experienced is a little taste of heaven. And it's never going to run out, though. When you're in the presence of Christ, you don't want him to go away. You don't want that moment to end. And when we're in heaven, that's the feeling of it for eternity, though. It's not going to end. He's always going to be there. And, uh, but we need that now. We need little tastes and glimpses of that now. You need it every day. Uh, try to. And this, our normal devotion life, prayer life, you don't get that every day. There's some times where your prayer life, it's really soaked with Christ and, and his presence. And sometimes it's not. Sometimes you go through hard times. It doesn't mean he's not there. It just means that you're going through trials. And it seems like he may not be there. But he's there. Your Bible reading time, Some, sometimes you're uh, sucked into the Word of God, and, and it's like you can hear God's Word speaking to you uh, as if it's like audio, you know. Uh, but other times you're just reading it, and it, it may not be like that, amen? And God allows us to get little glimpses of heaven here and there, and those times are all worth it. Those times are all worth just keep on going. Uh, it's worth the effort. You stay in God's Word. Sometimes God's Word, uh, you're just reading it, uh, you're not getting much out of it, but then there's moments where you, you are getting a lot out of it. You know what I mean? And you just keep on going. And you try to make the best of every moment you have with the Lord and, and, and get fired back up when you get a little cold. Uh, that's the definition of a Christian walk is the ups and downs. But don't get discouraged. You keep on going for Christ. Amen? And 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1, the Bible says, More of a brother, and I declare unto you the gospel. The gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received and wherein ye stand, uh, by which also ye are saved. If ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I have also received, how that Christ died for our sins. This is the, this is the gospel here. What does the word gospel mean? Gospel just means good news. And I'll tell you what, the best news we've ever heard was salvation. True salvation, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, is his death, is his burial, and is his resurrection. Amen. That is the full gospel right there. And you don't have to add or subtract to it. Uh, that is the power of God. Verse 4, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. And the importance of that 
uh, third day. Amen. That's why we don't celebrate Good Friday. Uh, like we talked about before, he was three days and three nights uh, in that tomb and the importance of it. Why? Because he told that he would be. Amen. Anyone tries to disannul that any little fact uh, is uh, trying to take away the truths of Scripture. But you can't hurt the truths of Scripture. Truth is truth. And in the end, truth always prevails. And in the end, God uh, is and will ever be and is now, amen, King of kings and Lord of lords. Let's open a prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word and the power of it. I thank you for the gospel. Uh, it's powerful. I pray you'd help us all, Lord, to remember the power of the gospel. It saved me. It saved the people here. Um, and it can save many more. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The gospel. Uh, the Bible says in Romans 1.16, if you'll turn there, Romans one. Chapter 1, verse 16. One book before Corinthians there. Just turn over to the next book, Romans. 1, 16. The Bible says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I am not ashamed of it. Now, you won't be ashamed of it in church. You won't be ashamed of it in uh, in your life as far as your testimony in church or maybe to others, if, if you meet another saved person outside, hey, I like your church shirt. I go to so-and-so church. Oh, yeah. But we become ashamed when we have to step out on a limb and, and, and share the gospel when the Lord burdens our heart to share it with somebody. Then we become ashamed. And Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel. And we need to get rooted in the gospel. Uh, when you got saved, you were taken from death and brought to life. You didn't know life before that. Now, I got saved when I was 12 years old, and I kind of grew up in a Christian home. I heard the gospel, but I didn't get saved until I was 12. And that's when the Lord really impressed on my heart. I thought I was saved. I prayed a prayer when I was little. Prayers don't save you, amen? Uh, but salvation... Uh, when the Holy Spirit of God, during a message, the preaching of the gospel, it spoke to my heart. I knew I wasn't saved. And, man, I received Christ as my Savior. And the, receiving the Savior is very simple. It's not a process. Uh, it's not going to happen over a period of time. It's not going to happen through an experience. Uh, when the Word of God speaks to your heart and you open your heart and receive it, uh, by calling out to the Lord Jesus Christ through your mouth, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and then with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. The Bible says that's when you're saved. There has to be an act upon that step of faith. That's when faith is conceived. The Bible says faith without works is dead. That, that uh, when, when you hear the word of God speak to your heart and you act out on it, that's when your faith is conceived. That's when you get saved. Amen? There has to be an action involved and in calling out to the Lord Jesus Christ is when that salvation takes place. Amen. It's not a process. I've known people who were who said they believed. I know people who were crying and screaming, literally screaming, I cannot pray. I cannot pray. Please, I cannot pray. Can't I, I just uh, get to heaven? I, I believe, but no, you need a call. And I, still in my mind, fresh as anything, uh, the person could could not open his heart and ask for salvation. Could not do it. Why? Because their heart was deceiving them. They're, in their mind, they, they, they believed in Jesus, 
but in their heart they denied him. See, our hearts are de desperately wicked. They're deceitful. Our hearts deceive us. We, we naturally would choose a religious path, all of us. And just because the, uh, somebody confesses the name of Jesus doesn't mean they're saved people. I challenge everybody uh, and challenge everybody's salvation. Uh, salvation is nothing to mess around with. Your faith is nothing to mess around with. You need to know, as our memory verse is, First uh, John 5.13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. There's power there in that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. God has given us the ability, the Holy Spirit of God in faith, the power of faith, that we may have access unto the throne of God through our faith by the redemption that is in the Lord Jesus Christ and his blood. None of us are worthy to come before the throne of God. We're all sinners. And Jesus didn't save our sinful flesh. He saved our sinful soul. Amen? This body will pass away, and this body will not enter into the gates of glory. The moment we get to heaven, the Bible says we'll receive a new body, a new body, uh, a, a, a body that's not corrupted by sin, a glorified body, a body designed by God, given to match our uh, righteous soul now. Our righteousness doesn't belong to us. It belongs to God. We were born in sin, uh, in tr dead in trespasses and sin. Wherein we walked according to the course of this world. We walk naturally, as natural people, uh, as natural people do. We just live here on this earth. But then came the power of the gospel, amen, uh, that gripped our heart up and set us on the path of righteousness. It gripped our heart and gave us the opportunity to receive life. And this life is in his son, Jesus Christ. I received the Lord Jesus Christ, amen? I don't deserve to go to heaven. There's no, none good, no, not one. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I deserve to be in hell. That's, my, uh, that's what I deserve. By, the Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. My wages of my sin, every sin that I've willfully committed, the consequences of it is death. That's it. And this death is not a physical death but a spiritual death. And that spiritual death is called hell, the lake of fire, which is the second death. Amen? And we deserve that as mankind, but the Lord Jesus Christ, he stepped in and intervened, and hence we have the gospel. Amen? The death, the burial, and the resurrection. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of this. I would be in hell. Paul would be in hell right now uh, if he didn't receive the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul was very zealous for religion. He tried to keep the law exactly. He was uh, un understood by, uh, from the religious uh, priests and high priests, and, and he studied the law to the point, and he was very zealous for the Jews' sake, amen, for Judaism. But it did not get him closer to heaven, no. In fact, if anything... It just blinded him further. Somebody thinking they're okay are the ones that are worst of all. The worst people of all are the ones that think they're okay without the Lord Jesus Christ. Think they're okay just going to church. and They don't need the Lord Jesus Christ. They're fine. They can make it somehow in, in, in Catholicism. They can make it somehow if they just uh, keep on pushing and striving to be a better person. But there's something here. There's none good, no, not one. You didn't start off good, you're not going to end good. 
Somebody had to intervene. Somebody more powerful. Somebody higher had to save us, and it was God himself, uh, the only one that could save us, the only true Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of this. Uh, this is something glorious. This is not something to be ashamed of. If anything, it's something to rejoice over. I received life. I received eternal life. I received the Lord Jesus Christ. And those who received the Lord Jesus Christ know these things I've written unto you that believe on the name of God, that ye may know. How do you know? The Bible says that his spirit bears witness with our spirit, with your spirit, that you are a child of God. The moment you received the Son of God, he left you his spirit to bear witness that you're saved, you're his. He doesn't leave you alone in this world. He doesn't leave you comfortless. He gave you the comforter. He gave you his Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, to confirm with you that you're his child. Nobody can take that from me. When I got saved, I was born again. I'm no longer uh, what, what you would call a, a, a white American. No, I'm a born-again Christian. Amen? I lost my heritage of earth when I got saved. I'm born again. Now, I can live as a citizen of heaven. Those, the things of earth are gone from me. Now I need to get on higher planes, higher ground, and look down and see uh, what God sees. God doesn't see flesh and blood. God sees people. God sees souls. And we need to see souls also. Amen? We need to be about our Father's business. We need to not get tied up with the affairs of this world, uh, the uh, deceitfulness of riches, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Uh, we need to get caught up with the affairs of heaven, the kingdom of God and his glory, uh, the affairs of the Father and his will for your life. This is what we need to get caught up with. We don't need to be caught up with uh, the politics of today. No. We need to get caught with the politics of heaven. We don't need to get caught up with uh, the, the uh, mentality that this world, uh, it turns and twists and deceives and, and twists everything that the Bible tries to put out there. And, and, and Christians try to uh, promote. The world would immediately try to stomp it and put it out like a fire. But listen, you can't put out the power of the gospel. People, no matter how hard they try to dampen uh, the Spirit of God, God will always let them know and remind them of their empty soul. Nothing can ever fill the f emptiness that's in our souls without the Lord. There's an empty hollow spot in every soul in this world. It's like a little seat, a little throne in every person. And that throne only belongs to one, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And the moment you receive Christ, he comes in and fills you. The moment you receive Christ, you get saved, you need nothing else. You're filled, you're full, you're complete. As Colossians says, we are complete in him who is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. You need nothing else. This is the gospel. The fact that Christ died for us, the fact that Christ uh, lives, the fact that Christ, he was buried this is the gospel. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. We not need to be ashamed of the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17, the Bible says, For Christ sent me not to baptize, 
but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words. I used to try to study. Now hard labor has destroyed my vocabulary. You see my mind stuttering and everything? It's because I'm digging holes out in the desert. But I used to try to study words. I used to try to correct my dad for saying crick and cellar instead of basement and all that stuff. And he used to put up with me. But I would read, I'd read some of my, my old college reports and stuff. I can't even understand them. I used to study a thesaurus and all that and, and get into commentaries. And, and, and I would try to make my words more intellectual than everybody around me. For what? You know what language is for? If you can't understand me, I'll, I'll, I, need, I need to help that. If I try to study some words where you can't understand me, then what's the purpose of it? Now, we don't need to speak like uh, retards or anything, but we need to try to at least speak so we can understand, amen? Get, get something, uh, keep something at a level, our minds at a level to where we're just focused on one goal, and that's Christ. Not with enticing words, which man's wisdom teaches, but in demonstration of the spirit and power of God, the Bible says. Not with wisdom of words here, lest the cross of Christ should be made none effect, taking the glory away from the gospel and trying to bring it to myself does nothing for anybody. If you're here today to hear a man, it's not going to do anything for you. We need to hear from heaven. We don't need earthly words. We need heavenly words. Amen. We need we need to hear from God. We need to hear from heaven. We don't need to be in the presence of me. We need to be in the presence of Jehovah, almighty God. That's what's going to help every hurting soul. That's what's going to help every hurting home. That's what's going to help every uh, man. That's what's going to help every woman and every child to be in the presence of Jesus. That's what we need. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. I hear Christians saying sometimes, and it grieves me a little bit, Pastor, don't, you might want to be careful speaking to my uh, cousin or whatever, or uncle. They're not going to listen to you. What are you talking about? Have you forgotten about the gospel? How powerful it is? Don't you know how powerful the words of God are? If I was talking to a tree stump, then I'd believe you. But if I'm talking to a soul, listen, these don't do anything for your flesh. Our flesh is dead. But it's the soul that God's word reaches. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to dividing asunder of soul and spirit. Amen. It reaches down. These words cut right through. There's nothing that can do anything uh, else like this. There's nothing that can do that. The word of God is what does it, amen? You bring the gospel in, you'll see the power of God work. You bring the word of God in somebody's life, you'll see the word of God work. I, I, heard, I was talking to a person this morning. I seen him walking, and I picked him up, and I, I gave him a ride, and uh, he was hurt, and he said, I've I, I gone to this therapy group, and that therapy, I said, listen, why don't you get in your Bible? Oh, well, these things seem to be working. 
There's always an excuse to keep pushing this aside. Push this aside. Why? It's a spiritual book. It's spiritually discerned. Our flesh doesn't naturally accept the things of God. But when someone gets a hold of this and seeks God and just wants God and believes him at his word, just believes, that person will see the power of God. That person's life will be changed. That person will have a changed walk, a changed way, a changed mouth, a changed conscience, a changed spirit. Why? Because the word of God is powerful. Just as the gospel can take somebody from hell and put them into heaven, as it did with you, so can the word of God. Take a destroyed life and start turning it around, bringing things back, restoring a soul, as God said in Psalm 23. We see the death here. As Jesus died for us, when you got saved, you're, you died with him. Who you were, you died. That's what baptism represents. We got Eileen getting baptized Sunday. Amen. When she goes under that water, she's representing what Christ did for her. He died for her. Christ died for our sins. Let me remind us, we're still sinners. Christ died for your sin. There's people who give up the race and fighting for Christ, living for Christ because they're, they sin. Who did you think you were? Well, you don't understand, Pastor. I messed up. When were you ever okay? Christ had to save us for a reason. Don't listen to the devil. Jesus died for our sins because we are sinners. Period. Don't add or subtract to that. That's the power of the gospel. You are a sinner by birth, by choice, but you're not going to die a sinner. You got saved. Now I'm justified. I was born a sinner, I'll die a sinner. No. As far as the east is from the west, amen, I died forgiven. I'm, I'll die sinner saved by grace. That's the power of the gospel. There's nothing like it. The gospel, the death, burial, resurrection took you from death and gave you life. Nothing else could ever do that for you. If you spent one hour, let's die that down. If you spent 30 minutes, 15 minutes, 10 minutes, 5 minutes, you go ahead and stick your arm in a boiling hot pot of oil. See how long you can do it for. I dare you, you can't even do your fingertip. But if you spend five minutes in the lake of fire, where the, the Bible says where the people, their, their teeth are just gnashing, where the worm dieth not, where there's screaming and, and just outer darkness. I was thinking about outer darkness. You know, uh, I use um, very hot torches when I'm brazing metals and everything. And do you know those hot torches, they burn so hot, it's for some reason a little candle 
When you light a little candle, that lights up a room. But the hotter the torch is, I know, I don't know about science and all that about this thing, but I'm just telling you what I've seen. The hotter that torch is, it doesn't let off light. When I'm, when I'm torching in a dark place, you think that torch will light up everything? It doesn't. I have to use a flashlight while I'm torching. Now, if it was a candle, it would light up everything. But the hotter that torch is, I'm talking about a torch I use, it'll melt metal, turn it into a liquid. The hotter the flame, the less the light. Why is that? I have no idea. By experience, I'm telling you. Hell, outer darkness. It's dark. Hot fire. Hot fire. Spiritual fire. Spiritual place. Five minutes in there. God, you pull me out of this. I'll serve you with all my heart. I'd do anything. Let me tell you this. He pulled us out of the fire. He pulled us out. We would be there. We would be there without him. He got you out. Check this out. He got you out before you got in. He got you out before you got in. What love is that? He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He can see the future. He can see your face in hell, and it took him to the cross. He could see people suffering, and he, that's what made him do it. He said, I can't let them do it. I can't let them suffer. I got to get them out. I got to pull them out of fire. And he did. That's called the gospel. It's called the gospel. This is death. He died so that we can live. His death brought us life. The burial. The gospel is a saving gospel. The burial. He, he was buried, the Bible says, to signify that our old person, our old self, is buried. Amen? We're buried with him in baptism. Romans, I believe Romans 5, Romans 6. We're buried with him. We, th we say we struggle with sin, we struggle with this, and we struggle with who we, who we are. You're not who you are anymore. You're a new creature. Behold, all things are passed away. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. The problem is you're just not experiencing, you're not uh, clinging to the cross anymore. You got saved and say, Lord, I'm gone. I got saved, I'm done. I get to live my own life now. What thanks is that? Lord saved you. You're just going to run off. Like an animal trapped in the woods. You get trapped in a foot trap. You let him loose and you just take off. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome, cat. Right? We saved a duck, me and Jesse, right around the corner. We were very happy we saved this duck. We didn't really save it. Well, the duck was trying to get on the other side of the fence. It wasn't in danger, but it was a very dramatic moment. I was going to throw the duck over the fence. It did have barbed wire, but I figured well, ducks can fly. So if I throw it, it would just kind of glide over. Jesse was not letting that happen. Jesse was going to take my life so that the duck may be saved. That's what was going to happen. So she prevailed. And we were able to get the duck through the fence with some minor loss of feathers uh, without 
uh, throwing the duck over. Amen? The duck didn't thank us. Not at all. It just went on its way, but uh, it was a good experience. We're buried with Christ. Our old person is gone. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. New. Old things are... I know people get saved. Their drug use stops. I know people get saved. Cigarettes, gone. I know people get saved. Drinking stops. Why? There hath no temptation taken you, but such is a common man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. You're just going to have to choose your path. Choose God and see and challenge God. God, how powerful are you? Your salvation was powerful enough. The gospel is powerful enough to get me saved. But is it powerful enough to sanctify me? Yes, it is. He was buried, amen, for our sins. He was buried. It's a saving gospel. It's a sanctifying gospel. It will sanctify us. Let's look at verse 19 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians 15. First Corinthians 15, verse 19. We're going to close a couple more verses. The Bible says, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are all men most miserable. We don't need to live a miserable life. Why do we, why do we uh, have miserable days? We're living in this world. Miserable. This life is miserable. Miserable is we're not happy. We're not happy. Work will make you miserable, right? Anybody can test to that? Other people will make you miserable. <laughs> Sometimes family will make you miserable. Friends. Life is miserable. That we cannot change. We have our good days. We have bad days. We have good times, bad times. It's part of life. But in the end of all things, we have Christ. We have someone that others don't have. They're able to. Anyone can get saved. But we have Christ. The hope of glory, we have him in our hearts. We can always fall back on, Lord, get me out of this mess. Lord, cheer me up. Lord, I'm sorry for my sin. Lord, help me. Lord, I pray for that person. I forgive him. Lord, I had a bad day today. Lord, would you bless my day tomorrow? We have someone that can finally help, and it's Christ. Why? Because he did it, the gospel. He died, was buried, and he rose again. We don't have to live a miserable life. We have the gospel, amen? The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's look in verse 32. If after the manner of men I have fought with beasts at Ephesus, what advantage me? If the dead rise not, let us eat, drink, for tomorrow we die. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Awake to righteousness and sin not. For some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. We have a reason to live godly, amen? We have a reason uh, to press on. We have a reason, let me say this, we have a reason to get back up once we've fallen. 
Amen? Why? Because he died for our sins. We have that reason. We don't need anybody cast it aside and pushed down, no. Uh, we need people restored and brought back. Uh, listen, if you still have breath, you can still praise the Lord. If, if you're still alive, you can still do something great for God. You say, I messed up too much. Uh, well, listen, he covered all that sin. He, when he saved you, he wrote a contract, saved for life. Amen? And when he saved you, he knew every time you're going to fall. But he still saved you. He still saved you. Would you buy a car knowing it's going to break down the next day? No. It would be hopes that it's going to be faithful to you. But Jesus, when he saved us, he knew we weren't going to be faithful to him. He knew that. But he still saved you. He still loves you. Amen? That's a loving God. That's the power of the gospel. It's a sanctifying gospel. It's a secure gospel. Listen, the, our salvation we cannot lose. There's people who teach heresy that you can lose salvation. That's a smack uh, in, in the power of the gospel, amen? What kind of gospel is that? That you can lose something. That's, listen, the Lord Jesus Christ, when he died, when he, he died, he died once and for all. And when he saved you, he gave you eternal life. It's not temporary. I, there was a, a man, he came in here, and he, he challenged, he started challenging people. Oh, you lost your salvation. He found out somebody maybe drank. He, oh, you, you, you lost your salvation over that. I said, well, how do you lose your salvation? He said, well, you know, just doing sins and, and uh, things you shouldn't be doing. I said, well, uh, would these be sins that maybe you don't do and others do? Well, yeah. So, you know, I, Lord's helped me a lot. I said, well, how about the worst one? One of the worst sins of all. I said, pride. That would disqualify anyone, right? You would definitely lose your salvation if you were prideful. That's a very wicked sin. Oh, no, no, not, 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 not sins like that. I'm just talking about like drinking and drugs and, and adultery and all that. Yeah, but pride, pride is very wicked. The Bible says God resisted the proud. Yeah, but... That's different. I said, listen, if anyone lost their salvation, I did. I lost it the second I had it. There is no verse that even hints towards losing salvation. That's a bunch of nonsense. That started out when people, when all these false versions of the scripture, false versions of the scripture started coming out. And, and churches started building doctrine on false Bibles. One after another, doctrine after doctrine. Until you got to a mess. Uh, but, man, you read the Word of God. We have a secure gospel. When you got saved, you were saved. You're sealed, the Bible says, with the Holy Spirit of promise. You're sealed to the day of Jesus Christ. You are sealed, and no one shall pluck you out of the Father's hand. Nobody. Amen? When you got saved, you're saved. You have eternal life. And this life is hid in Christ. Hey, we need to live out the death of Christ. What do you mean? Jesus died for you. Jesus died for you. Live that out. Live that out. Tell others Jesus died for them. They won't listen. They don't need to listen. You say it. It does something to their soul. It brings a light to the darkest places. And that's your responsibility to tell them. Live it out. We need to live the burial uh, of Christ. Your old man is gone. Stop trying to make it come back up. 
You know it's empty. You know it's going to bring you more misery. This life is miserable enough. Don't make it more miserable. Your best times in life, I like what Brother Lou told me this morning. Brother Lou's been sick all day. But he said, I know how I feel when I miss church. He said, I'd rather be sick than feel like that. Man, what a testimony. You know how you feel when you're not walking with the Lord. You're empty. It's not worth it. You know how you feel after you sin. Vile and don't. You got power to walk with God. Walk with God. Live out the burial of Christ. Live the resurrection of Christ. A new life. Experience your new life in Christ. Don't let the devil have any more of your time. Allow Jesus to have all your life, your time, your talents, your treasure, and you'll see the great blessings he has in store for you. That's the power of the gospel. The gospel is very powerful. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of any of that. We shouldn't be. We shouldn't be. If we're ashamed, Paul says, you're fools. You don't know what you're talking about. How can you be ashamed of, of this great thing that has happened to you? The greatest thing that ever happened to mankind is that God came down and died for us. How can we be ashamed of that? Don't be ashamed of it. Stand up for Christ. Live it out in your life and proclaim it. Let's pray. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll help us all, Lord, to be witnesses for you. Lord, in our lives, in our daily walk with you, Lord, how can we be a witness in our walk with you when nobody sees us reading our Bible or praying? Lord, there's something different about a man or woman that's been walking with God. They have a glow about them. They're not in their flesh. They're not depressed. They're not worn out. They have this strength, this hidden strength. Lord, there's something special about a man or woman walking with God. I pray we'll see more. I pray, oh God, that you'd help us to live out the burial of Christ. Let our lives be hidden in Christ and God. May we walk the new walk. May we not be tied up with the things of this world, the affairs of this life. May we lose our old man and stop trying to bring it back up and take on the new man. And Lord, I pray you help us all. Help us not to be ashamed. In Jesus' name, let's all stand. God spoke to your heart to live, not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. You have lost friends, neighbors, relatives, people all around you. It's time to proclaim the gospel of Christ. people may know the true and living God still saves. Say, I'm not a good speaker. I don't know how to tell them. There's not much you got to tell. You know, Jesus died for your sins. He was buried and he rose again. You say, what will that do? Man, it'll change your life. It'll show them there's hope. It'll show them there's a reason to live. That the end is not death, but life.
I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God. Power of God. You want power in your life. Preach the gospel. Live the gospel. The greatest thing that ever happened. virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son. His name shall be called Emmanuel. Greatest thing that ever happened. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. greatest thing that ever happened. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulders and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The power of the gospel. And as the Holy Spirit bears witness with you that you are a child of God, may he also bear witness and urge you to tell somebody else about him. Father, Lord, we thank you for the gospel. It's the power of God, the most powerful thing. Help us not to forget it. Help us to live it every day. Oh, God, thank you for it. Help us not to be ashamed of it. Help us, Lord, to know that we don't have to use enticing words. We don't have to try to uh, make ourselves something better to make the gospel appear as something better. Lord, there's nothing more powerful than the gospel. Lord, I pray that we'll get behind the cross, get behind you, and just speak the truths of Christ. Lord, thank you for saving our souls, for making us whole, for calling us to a new way, a new walk, a new assurance. I praise your name for all you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Uh, now, if you have a, uh, a desire to do special music, especially if... If there's already people that have done special music, please see Brother Johnny. This is specifically for the revival service. Also, calling all, mainly the, you know, the ladies, some of the guys like doing the dishes also, that's fine. But people who uh, cook, we are doing the meals also for the revival. Three meals, Sunday morning, Monday evening, Tuesday evening. And uh, uh, you can see... Um, if you want to say something tonight, you can see Brother Lou. Paul, Brother Paul's not here, but you can go see Brother Lou. And hope you're feeling brother, better, Brother Lou, also. Amen. All right. God bless you. And uh, Lord, we will see you Sunday. Amen. Bright and early. Bright and early.